Hey, welcome to season two of the Change Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Akila Kade, founder of Change Today, a diversity consulting firm making sure women, people of color, and underserved communities feel safe and can be their best selves in the workplace. Kade is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So we talk about how people are soldiers of change, personally or professionally. This season, we have great guests sharing their story with you, and I'm so happy that you've decided to come back and share another season with me. Remember to like and subscribe so that you know when all of the new episodes are coming up, and I really appreciate your support. So let's take it away and enjoy this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Change Today podcast. I'm so excited. I'm always excited about the guests because I get to pick them selfishly, but today we're talking to the Beyonce of wine. Yes, that is your title and embrace it. And I don't give it to anyone as much as I love Beyonce. Julia Coney, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. How are you? Uh, you know, as you know, day by day, as good as one can be sheltering in place and living in a pandemic, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, how are you? I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I take daily walks, I kind of getting out like the fresh air. I am fortunate, um, that I also have an enclosed patio mm-hmm. in air, so I'm, I can sit inside and just be like, feel like I'm outside. Yeah. Um, my allergies are raving, like just everything's in bloom, which is great, but you know, you can't go outside like and make one sniffle or a sneeze, you know? No sniffles, no sneeze. That's not happening. I Uh, am as well. I forgot to take my allergy pill for the past two nights and uh, it's a straight up struggle bus. And that's me just smelling the air from the window. (laughs) So I'm grateful for like, you know, being able to have food, to have food, you know, go out, um, Delivery is just kind of a wash. I think everybody's just so overloaded with it. So I go out my once a week and get everything and um, have extra. I mean, you know, yeah. I have, I, I take what I need and leave everything for someone, somebody else. So that's just how I look at that instead of like normal trying shopping. to like, normal shopping, like yeah. not trying to hoard, you know, things. I do have like my toilet paper. I'm just blessed. So I'm just going to like take that as a, as a win in whatever we're doing right now. So that's all I got. Yeah. That is, yes, finding, um, it's the little things, right, to help with the normalcy and somewhat control, right, in an uncontrollable situation. I would love for you to share who you are and why you are indeed the Beyonce of wine. I am Julia Coney. I like to call myself a wine writer uh, who writes about the intersection of racism and wine. Oof, yes. (laughs) (laughs) from how people are treated in tasting rooms, the way uh, we're treated at restaurants, from the way winemakers, especially who I meet, sometimes don't expect you to be Black, Mm -hmm. and just how um, they don't see necessarily Black people as wine enthusiasts. Yeah. At at the same way they see other people. Um, And so I write about that from my perspective and from other people's perspective and just try to say, how can we change that? Mm-hmm. And at my core, I'm still a wine journalist. That's how I look at things. I still am a blogger who writes about wine, but, and I like to talk to people. And I always say, I talk to people who want to talk to me. Yeah. And if you're if like, I'm fortunate enough, like I've met a lot of them. It's like, so now with the whole virtual chat, a lot of winemakers are like, oh, can we talk? And I'm like, mm, not really, because some of y'all are assholes. So I don't want to talk to you virtually. They're yeah. the only person. So no, yeah. 
Hi. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, what? I'm like, no, let me tell you your behavior or your taste in your behavior. And a lot of them were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, it's to be winemakers that I can have, I'm talking to, so it'll fun. And yeah. don't think that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I hear that. I, it's important that I share how I met and immediately fell in love with you. So <laughs> I was asked to speak at a wine conference last May, May 2019 in Napa um, about like diversity and wine. I had never spoken the wine industry whatsoever, but I did that. But um, everyone was talking about Julia, Julia, Julia. And if it wasn't for Julia, I wouldn't be here. And it was only for women of color, primarily black women, who were able to get a scholarship to go to this women in wine conference. And they were talking about her with so much passion. Their tears were coming up, so much emotions. And I'm like, oh my God, Julia died. This is the saddest, <laughs> this is the saddest thing. Oh my God, but thank you for whatever she was doing. And I was like trying to Google in the moment. And then um, I think later that night or the next day, I was like, oh no, she's alive. <laughs> and so I started following you <laughs> on social media and learning about how you do bring the intersection of you know, um, diversity, race, and, and, and the intersection with wine. And then I was invited to go talk about diversity in Bordeaux, France. That is yes. fancy AF. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> I'm new to wine. I don't know what's happening. But then you DM'd me or tagged me in a post saying, I'm so excited to be there with Change today. And I was like, holy shit, she knows me. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. So I was like, all right, you're going to meet her. Just be cool. <laughs> Keep it together. And then, you know, we met at a chateau, as we should. I think as we should. As we should. As drinking rosé at a chateau rose. in Bordeaux. Right. And then you talked to me. And then, I, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. And then we developed a friendship. Yes. And then we did, we, like, a, a lot of the listeners know about the Kathy story. Because I have that, you know, that blog post about it. Um, and then not only did we develop a friendship, but you like protected me in a really rough time. And I hate that it happened, but I also really love that you were there for me because Julia and I were the only black people <laughs> this yeah. entire event. It was just us. Um, yeah. And then I just, I, I literally cannot get enough of you. Well, I, you know, in that situation, I just, I'm looking at a human aspect first. Like, mm -hmm. I would want to protect anybody. Yes. And I look at, like, I go to a lot of virtual, like, a tastings, right? When everything, when the world is normal, you go to these mass tastings, right? right. It's like, producers come, they're pouring wines. And I protect even younger women. Mm -hmm. Not just women, because you don't see a lot of women of color. So usually no. these are younger white girls who haven't right. found a voice when a winemaker is so inappropriate. Right. And I am usually the person going, you can't say that shit. <laughs> no, we're not accepting that. And I just think if you were my sister, cousin, friend, friend's friend, I would want somebody to do that to my family. So I just want to treat everybody like I want to be treated in that aspect. And in Bordeaux, that was a very hard, touchy situation because one, it was like people didn't know what was going on. Some people knew what was going on. Some people right. didn't know what was going on. And then it's all these language barriers because some people didn't yes. understand it. Right. And so there was just so many confluences of just crazy that to me just was like, and the only thing I could do is like, I always say when one person is having their moment, you have to have that one person that kind of like, okay, 
let me think, how can I help that person right. through whatever they're going through? Right. Because both of us have been like, oh, yeah. God, like, yeah. When I come back from the, all the chateaus we went to, not remembering yes. that we went to all the chateaus. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was, I also think there was other people there who felt, you know, they, they, they were looking out for you too, like, um, yeah. like Rekka and um, Polly and everything like that. Because they, and they, Eric. And Eric, like, just, you know, how hard that was. Yeah. And how, because also too, I think being in another country. Yes. With a language barrier, like it just was like just the Fourth of July weekend for us. Fourth of July weekend, you're yeah. away from home. You're and also the conference is short. It just it was a yeah. lot going on, a lot going on, and a lot of like moving parts from what we were yes. doing, where we were going, what was happening, and then I had the additional layer, similar to you, of being the diversity person. So then yes. people are like, "Hey, am I racist?" Because this thing has happened, and I'm like, "No." <laughs> And so I felt like I was a little bit of like the racist police. Well, I think because, you know, we have to admit how also because racism is so different in other countries. Yes. Because you got to remember when you're a black American, racism is very different for us than if you're an Af- um, um, a person that's from African descent going to France. They treat us a lot better. Right. they treat them. So right. that's all go into that. So many layers to it. So, and then, you know, in Europe, everybody's colored. And you have to tell them, no, I'm not colored. Hey, no, I'm not. Just, oh, yeah. No, you right. know, just, and they don't know what to but say. Someone asked me that question, like, can I say colored? And I was like, here? Yes. America? Not so much. No. Not so much. We don't want to, we don't want to do it there, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, again, if people don't know what we're talking about, there's a blog post. You can read it on um, yeah. my account. But it was like. Um, it was, it was this memorable bonding experience that I will always have with you. And I just, yeah, forever and ever. And I just felt like, you know, I've dealt with similar things, but I have not dealt with the N word and my working career. So it was the first time I was processing that, you know, and what that, um, meant. But with that said, because of what you're talking about, of how you will advocate for, uh, younger women, people of color, I mean, endless lists of who you're advocating for. Um, and all of that comes from you being your true authentic self and unapologetically black, which I really, really love and admire about you. Um, how are you a change today? So how are you, how are you a soldier of change in your, in your life? Well, for me, I come from a family that also was like this unapologetic, like we're, we're here for you and we're going to ruffle every feather until we can't. So for me, it is how do I facilitate in being a change cadet for wine? Mm. How do I do that? To me, that means I bring people to the table Mm -hmm. and I put them in the room. And the one thing I put is I try to put people that actually work in the business that are really trying or switching careers because wine is a a change career for me for the past four years. So when the bad knowledge came about is because I couldn't attend the first conference mm-hmm. and I couldn't attend the second cause I was traveling, but I wanted to create a scholarship because yeah. I couldn't go. Right. So they were like, we don't have time to do it. Can you create it? And I was like, sure. So I announced on my page and using social media, like how do I get people here? Because the first year I had five people last year was 16. Mm-hmm. How do I get women of color at this event? Mm-hmm. How do I get hotels to help sponsor a night? Like, oh, y'all got to figure out how to stay together, but I can help yeah. you get to this table because yeah. that's the only way a lot of this is going to change. It's also people seeing people who work in the business, not just, you know, yeah. there are a lot of people writing about wine, but 
we're talking importers, distribution, working at, you know, a winery. It is how do I get that that person to be seen? Yeah. And that really helped because when I just was in Napa for the CIA, I spoke um, on the CIA Sommelier Summit. Once again, I was able to get two people a scholarship. Mm hmm. And hope and a free place to stay. I was like, yeah. you just got to get to California, and yeah. if I got to give you some miles, I can get you to California. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's taking that on personally, which is I'm fine with. But understanding that my biggest purpose here is to actually, while I'm on this planet, change this industry to where no one walks into a wine room or, or a restaurant and hear, "Oh, you look like the help." Oh, I didn't know black people drank that kind of wine. I thought, but only black people like sweet wine. I thought, pe- and no. Don't you like Moscato? <laughs> yeah, I do. And when they say that, you know what I say? I, I say, yeah, from when it's off the slope of Moscato, Dasty, and Alba, when it's actually picked at the perfect time, and I make them look stupid. Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you look stupid when you say that to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not going to lie. That is one of my favorite things to do in, in my profession because the the thing that I love about my relationship with you is that I am always filled. I get more energy from you with affirming my passion and purpose because I do the same thing, but in that diversity space is representation. So when you see me and, you know, at the, the, the gala night that we had, I had on a off the shoulder blue vintage top and a mini leather skirt and my cute little sunglasses. And for some people, I may have not looked like a doc, but in actuality, I am, right? So like what you're doing and being the space, talking to people, having conversations, the travel you do, to, you know, with how you're speaking to people, what you write about, it's representation of like, oh, I can learn about wine too, or I can make mm-hmm. a, you know, a change in my career, or I can be passionate about, or I can feel confident about, um, and those things have powerful impacts. Um, I have two questions for you. One um, how about you share what you were doing before? Because that's fascinating, too. And also why you have this great skin. I was a beauty writer. So in 2006, I was still a legal assistant because my background is an intellectual property legal assistant. Mm-hmm. I started a very popular beauty blog because I usually go to France once a year and get a facial. That's why I get my facials. I know it's, it's, it's so crazy to say, but I was doing this like. That's like the life I want to live. I like, know. I would be like, okay, you go, I'm going to France. I'm getting my beauty products. I buy my, mainly I use French skincare. And I transitioned from a legal assistant job to a full-time beauty writer. But one of my passions was skincare and fragrance. Mm-hmm. So for me, I am an ingredient person more than just like what everybody's talking about. I have my eyes like, I don't know how effective it is, what's the chemicals, that's more of my kind of background. And so even in fragrance, I was always like, I study fragrance in Grasse France with Olivier Polge at the height of my uh, blogging career. He created Flower Bomb fragrance. This this is where it just <laughs> dropped some bombs. <laughs> so for me, I took that background of fragrance and said to wine. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's to me, when I when I pour a glass of wine, I always like when I stick my nose in it, I think of like beauty first. I think of what fragrance it reminds me of, mm-hmm. always something similar. And so I did that for 10 years. And at the end of 2015, I just kind of was like, I don't want to write about beauty anymore. And I just, I just knew I wanted to move into food and hospitality, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be a food writer. And my mom, who was living at the time, was like, all this wine girl, you know you need to be a wine writer. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But then 
I was like, okay, I did a, I did a beauty blog that transitioned to a job. I can do a wine thing that transitioned to a job. Mm-hmm. And once I started blogging about wine and actually going to regions and I decided that I wanted to do it professionally compared to like a hobby, mm-hmm. that's when I realized like, oh, these people don't want to actually meet with me. They see my name and they think I'm white because, right? I walked in one runner and the guy goes, oh, I didn't expect you to be black. And I go, I didn't expect you to be an asshole, but here we are. (laughs) Oh, I need to use that. I should take a note. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because if you say that to me, then that's what, to me, you expect something, right? And so afterwards, he just went, that's very funny. He said, and I like that you get, you told me, I like that you didn't say anything. You just told me straight to my face. I'm like, I get it. And he was like, well, I don't see black wine writers. He said, the only person I know is Dorothy Gator. He said, I know who she is. He's like, but you like this new person right. saying I'm going to come to And he was like, I was like, okay, I just assumed he was white. And we just were able to have a great conversation after that. Like, right. but it took the edge off, but he's like, oh, I like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so the blog post I wrote called that really kind of pivoted out the whole racism and wine thing was called Your Wine Glass Ceiling is My Wine Glass Box. Mm-hmm. It was an open letter to the wine industry because there was an article about glass ceilings with mm-hmm. 36 white women written by a white woman who says, I don't. I didn't think of black women in the business, but like we're talking, not just writing, importing distribution. And then when I gave the list of the black women in the business that I knew, I didn't understand how you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of pivoted into like going from like zero to 60 in like one day. Yeah, because that blog post is it's like the gift that still keeps on giving. Yeah. (laughs) Because people still refer to it all the time. Right. I also had to tell myself, okay. Do you want to be a black wine writer or do you want to be a wine writer? Mm-hmm. Right? Because people are going to put that together. They do. And to me, I'm just like, I'm a writer who is black who writes about wine and I'm a black wine writer. I'm both. Yeah. But what you're going to get is somebody that, you know, I don't count out of people. Like, if that's who, you, if you think this is a step and fetch it, black girl, wrong person. Not the one. Wrong. I am not the one. <laughs> I am not the one. Mm-hmm. So... I think I've also been a person, I've been in therapy since I was 16 mm-hmm. and I'm 47. So I can have a very difficult conversation on something that you might not like. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing. Because I can always tell them, everybody black don't want to talk to you about race. Right. Don't walk up to black people and went, oh, well, I heard Julia talk. No, you get your feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can talk to me. Yeah. I'll give you my perspective. I'll tell you what it feels like to be a marginalized person walking to a restaurant and the guy, and you ask for the wine list and the guy goes, we don't have any sweet wines. Well, see, now, <laughs> now I have to go there because you're making right. me go there when I just planned, I just wanted to eat. Right. And then that's a good time to like, you know, pick out the most expensive bottle of wine and say like, I was going to purchase this tonight. <laughs> most of the restaurants, I call for the manager because I know them. Mm-hmm. And I did that when a guy told me, I was like, can you just go get Mark for me? He was like, Mark, I'm like, your boss. I just need him to come to, I need him to, you to tell him what you told me when I asked for the wine list. Ooh, accountability. Yeah. And so that when the guy was very uncomfortable, I said, no, no, no. I said, if you don't get him, I'll just text him. I know he's here because he mm-hmm. made my reservation. And I eventually went to that restaurant and talked a diversity training about mm-hmm. how not to judge the guest. You're judging on the wrong thing. You're majoring on the minus. You're missing all the money. 
I had to talk with them about if a woman asks for the wine list, if she's with a man, don't give it to the man. Do not. She asks for the list. He's an adult. And then when she you pour, bring the wine, she's the one that should smell it, not him, because she right. asked for the wine. She chose the wine. Right. Like, why are you going to this dude who, who probably doesn't know anything about it? Right. Or knows how much the person he's with enjoys selecting the wine. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's just, you know... There are a lot of gender roles that are, are tied yes. to wine and, you know, racial profiling, right? Well, wine is pretty much 72% white men. I mean, yeah. if you think how, I mean, that is a big gap, right? And but not the reason, consumer, though, you know? But not the consumer. The yeah. number one buyer of wine in America is a white woman. Mm-hmm. That women, women buy the wine. Yeah. They just buy the wine. You have the guys who, but it's like this industry. So it's like, oh, yeah, you've been to Bordeaux. Yeah, a couple of times. Yep. And as you, and it's funny because it usually comes, it always comes from a white man. It just really it does. does. It really, it ninety nine percent of the time, it's it's what yeah, it's a white guy. Yeah. No, I mean, so many things that you you just shared. Absolutely true. I mean, the the common thread here is feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. You know, and not allowing the person who is going with gender roles is going with you know, a racial stereotype or whatever it is. And just basically feeling confident and empowered enough to say like, no, I'm not the one. And here's why. And using what's within your control to, Mm -hmm. you know, lead with compassion and education, but also, you know, like check a bitch if you need to, because sometimes you need to. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely part of the process. Um, when you were talking about like deciding what type of wine writer you wanted to be, whether being, you know, a black wine writer or someone who writes wine, and you ultimately decided to do both. Mm-hmm. Did you have, because we commonly talk about fear, was there any fear around combining those together or not being more of one or less of the other, or what have you? No, when I talked to my mom about it, my mom was like, so when you write about wine and you're Black, you're going to be Black because you're entering in a world that sees color first. Right. And she was like, and at the end of the day, people went through worse than you, and you just talk about grapes, girl. <laughs> she gave me that speech like, yeah. Why not do it? She's yeah. like, it's going to be the best thing you could do is going to benefit everybody else and benefit the world. So that has to be your call. And you have to take that on. Right. You have, you know, and I said, okay. And that's when I yeah. said, okay, I'm, I am both. I can talk about, you know, a Pumi say wine if you want to do it. And then we could just talk about racism and wine. We could talk about, you know, movies. We can talk about like uncorked. What, what that has done to showcase black people in liking wine. Yeah. The, the comments I'm getting, the emails, people like, I would have never watched this movie. Oh, yeah. I never would have watched this movie. This, so. And, 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 it's, and they were like, it was a wine movie that had nothing to do about wine. Mm-hmm. It was a movie about family and dynamics and, and, and love and how we work those through. But then it was about wine because yeah. it was about it chasing a dream. So right. it was, and I say, yes, but the most black movies don't get that story. They do not. Right? They don't get that story. So what that movie showed was not based on black trauma. His daddy was around. Everybody have difficulties sometimes with parents, parents yeah. wanting them to parents. do something, right? Mm-hmm. Every race can attribute to that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that so many white people who have reached out to me were like, thank you. Thank you. Because now I even have something, if I'm selling wine, I have something to talk with people of color about like that movie can bring and I thought that's the best thing 
That's something so cool. Yeah, bringing it together. I think going to Representation Uncorked, which is on Netflix, if you have not watched it yet, catch up. Catch up, because it's a fantastic movie on so many levels. I... I love that movie so much. I loved it within the first minute of the movie. <laughs> when you say Yo Gotti at the first end. <laughs> you're going to give me, yeah, you're going to give me Yo Gotti. Okay, all right. You know, I, I was definitely involved, but the the story is so powerful on multiple levels that I don't want to give away, like, you know, some of the parts of it or the, the ending. But in that first minute, I was like, this is going to change the conversation about wine and black people yes. just specifically i'm not this is not a people of color moment this is about black people mm-hmm. black people and um there's a there's a beauty and it's similar to your actual life right there's beauty of this transferable skill set from mm-hmm. like one industry to another for love of taste smell flavors right mm-hmm. and you know a love of like learning and kind of sharing this knowledge um some of the really i think probably sleeper powerful scenes are how black members of the family are trying to figure out what wine is and what a sommelier is and like all these other things because you know they don't necessarily know but you know figuring them out over time yeah and I get that because my family sometimes when I first they were like, "What is it like? Are you a connoisseur? Like we know you like like." And I have to explain like, "Well, yes, and it's a little different." And I yeah, and it, it, for them because they were like, "Oh, because they don't drink either." Mm-hmm. But like all my family watched the movie because they were like, "You're supposed, you know, yeah." Here, my cousin working with Netflix and they, yeah. it, and they loved it though. They loved it even though they have no nothing to, no desire about wine at all. They all right. loved the movie. Yeah, it was a great story. And thank you for all the things that you've been doing to promote the movie and get the movie out there. I was tagged in a, a tweet about it and I was like, oh my God, I'm still someone in wine somehow. Like yeah. I'm a junior, junior baby person on wine, but um, I just really getting the message out there and in the masses and also uplifting um, Apprentice, you know, yes. a black man. Yes. who's directing and producing and like doing all these wonderful things for the black community. Um, but again, for such an important story. Well, I have to, on that, I have to thank D Lynn Proctor, who the movie is loosely based on. Mm-hmm. D Lynn was, if you've never watched the documentary Psalm, he is black. Can- he was a black candidate for the master sommelier program. So in the documentary Psalm, you see D Lynn Proctor in 2008, he was voted best new Psalm in America. So, he and I met because he read my story in 2018, reached out to me. So every time I've gone to Napa, he's just been like a little brother in that kind of sense. Like, because he lives in Napa, he works in Napa, he's a Napa, you know, he's been all over the world. And he was just like, I thought that what you wrote was just uplifting. So you, my sis, always. The, so the feelings? He, hmm? Which which article? Um, the one about the um, racism. Uh, um, your wine glass ceiling is my wine glass box. That one, he read it. And I mean, the day it reached out to me, he was like, next time you're in Napa, taking you to lunch, da 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 And I was like, oh my God. And so we just kept up as like hanging out. Like when I'm in Napa, he's like, okay, everybody's meeting here. And because of him being like, kind of pulling me in in that Napa way, yeah. like, it's like, I'm at these dinner tables with him. Mm-hmm. And so when the movie was came, coming out and they were about to do promo, he recommended to Netflix me to write it. Like, that's a very high recommendation. You know, you know um, who else was recommended to Netflix? Beyonce. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you a mess. I am. Yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yes. Beyonce was. You know, I love Beyonce. You know. Yes. Oh yeah. I know. That's another thing. I was like, bonus. <laughs> yeah, from Houston, like Beyonce. Absolutely. Right. You have yeah. more. You have more straight cred than me. No, it doesn't matter. Beyonce is for everyone. That's how I tell people. Beyonce it's, is for everyone. Yes. But one of my favorites is when white people forget that Beyonce is black. <laughs> I enjoy that so much. So much yeah. So much. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. You but he recommended. But I have Beachella. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know you were there. Yeah. I, it's important. Yes. And Beyonce's in my bio for no reason at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. she just, she's just that awesome. She is. It says yeah. I'm a Beyonce advocate. So people know I love it. I'm like a crazy beehive member. Okay. An advocate. I love how, yeah. So he recommended me to Netflix. So yeah, me, Beyonce. So that, and I was able to interview him, Prentice Penny, Mahmoudi, who played Elijah. You know, and it was so crazy because I had two articles on the same day. One for Vine Pair, one for Thrillers at the same. So it was literally like three weeks of my life was Netflix because it was just, yeah. they sent me the movie early, right? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I get to watch a movie early? Like, this yeah. is legit. Yeah. And then I watched it first for entertainment. Then I went back and tried to watch it for how people would see it. Yeah. The 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 drive that we all know we all have in us, that things we want to do, things people said, mm, I don't know, that may not work. And we did them anyway. So I love that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the movie just represents like the possibilities of life. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, Wine represents everything the same way. Because no wine is always the same. Everything changes. It's economics. It's class. It's culture. It's art. Everything can be found in a wine glass. Uh, That's a quote. (laughs) (laughs) Always say wine, wine, everything about wine. You can learn everything about life from wine. Economics. If you were a wine, what wine would you be? Depends on what day. Okay. I'm, because usually I will say this. I am always sparkling wine. I'm always champagne. I am literally hashtag Dame Champagne. I am literally that girl. I mean. I, I am as well. Yes, right? I am. I'll throw in a Lambrusco, though. Bubbles. Once again, mm. if it has bubbles, pretty much you're not, you're not going to get me wrong on the bubbles. I am a bubble queen. I love all of it. Oh. Cava, Prosecco, Lambrusco, Frizzante, Pet Nats, you know, from all the different places. Mm. So for me, because you know why? Bubbles go with everything. They do. Bubbles go with everything. They do. And for me, it's like a celebration of life. Exactly. Every and time. bubbles come in all price points. That's the thing. And it doesn't have to be a birthday. It doesn't have to be just brunch time, if that's your thing. It can be like anytime. Get a Lambrusco, get a Cava, get a Prosecco, get yeah. something. Yes. Oof. Yes. Oh, I like that. I do remember we had like a, and I'm not using the right term, but they were testing out a bottle of, I think it was a rosé at one of the last chateaus. Yes. That was delicious. You talking about that sparkling rosé? Maybe. It's when they were serving us outside before we went in to have our million. Food. Oh, yeah. They were, they were, they had just bottled that rosé. That yes. rosé was so good. I mean, oh, my God. It was so, it was so And I literally, like, if I have a bad day, I will just think about that wine. And, like, that yes. whole experience because, oof. Well, I'm still shocked that they were serving everything in Zalto glasses, girl. Because I'm like. Yeah, I know. a glass. Except for one, not a set. <laughs> one glass is $70. And they were just passing it around like. You want to know a fun fact? What? You took one home? I did not. 
Oh, okay. But the, uh, I guess the son of the company mm -hmm. who yeah. was there, he yeah. he definitely was trying to get all of this. Oh yeah, he wanted me cap. Yeah, yeah. He's sweet though. He's he so nice. Is. But I was so like, nice. no, I don't feel like hooking up with you in Bordeaux. I just <laughs> no, no. But if you want to send me a box set, <laughs> you should reach out to him. Um, I should. His phone number is probably in this phone somewhere. But yeah. yeah. That was nice. I guess I was a tall, slender, very Chocolate. fancy. No, yes. Zalto glass. <laughs> yes, you were a chocolate Zalto glass. Chocolate Zalto. With a little bird on. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was a moment. And I was like, maybe I should have. But then I was like, I have a flight to catch. There's so many things. So many variables going on. So many. And like my favorite part is when he was trying to tell me, he's like, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z drank out of these wine glasses. And, you know, I did think about that. And I was like, that's. Yeah. Get home safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So since we're talking about celebrations, how do you celebrate the little wins? I usually buy the book. I'm a big book reader. Mm. Um, I um, I get a lot of books from the library. I have a thing that I always say. It's a joke. Unless it's a wine book, I rent white. I buy black. Mm. So a lot of like these mystery thrillers and stuff I want to read, I don't buy those. I rent those from the library get those from the library but usually so i support the black authors at a lot of independent bookstores if i can't get like certain wine books i have to use like amazon i just can't get yeah. but um we have like like every week since everything's been happening even before all this i try to buy one book from an independent bookstore and we have really good black ones here in dc i'm in dc one called mahogany books and i usually order from them i order from them and get a book a week or something like that. Just over here taking notes. Yeah, I mahogany books is like one, of my, one of my favorite places to get books. Yeah, I definitely don't want to, like, order from Amazon, you know, um, like, books when possible. Because I'm now, particularly now, I'm, I'm or in general, but particularly now, definitely trying to support, um, mm -hmm. you know, small business. small business, regardless of color. I am mm -hmm. supporting a small business. Yeah. Bonus if it's a woman. Bonus if it's, you know, personal color. I'm all for that. I had a really horrible last week and I was like, oh, I want to shop, but not at ASOS. You know? yeah. So I was able to shop at a, um, like a local vintage company. And get a oh, see, that's great. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, my, what my small wins are usually books. I'm a book person. Like that is. Yeah. That's I love how you celebrate by the book, which is awesome. And I, I personally feel you celebrate every time you're opening a bottle of bubbles. Well, I open bottles of bubbles at least four or five times a week. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm like after this call, I'll be opening up a bottle of um, one of my favorite champagne producers. So, so excited! I need to figure out where to get some wine because I don't drink much, but I feel like this is the time for me to start to drink. Well, a lot of stores are doing discounts, wine stores, but they're also doing some. A lot of them are doing smaller. The smaller ones are doing a delivery. Yes, I should start with Stevie because I would love yeah, to start with Stevie. I think yeah. they're delivering too. So yeah. I feel like I'm cool enough where she would drop it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I say they're delivering, they are the delivery. Are they really <laughs> delivering? Like, yes, like I I work at a store. I am the delivery driver. So, so, you <laughs> so you're delivering now too. You're not just at the store. You, well, I'm at the store, but if you're like in the zip code and you yeah. can't come in or like people like, like Ill, they have small yeah. children, Ill, like yeah. I literally get in my car and take your wine. Oh. I'm your delivery driver. So I am the delivery driver. 
I love that so much. And I'm literally dropping it off at your doorstep. So that's what I mean. There's like no delivery person. They are the delivery team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I need to figure out when things go back to whatever the new normal is, mm-hmm. how I can hang out with you. And oh, also make some no, I, I, My goal is one day to just to like at least spend three or four days in Oakland. Because Oakland has a food scene. Like, I want to go to Marshawn Lynch's restaurant. Yeah. And, like, they they got BYOB so I can bring my own bottle. Um, yeah. So it's just places. I want to go to Tanya, the black lady chef. Mm-hmm. I want to go to her place. Yep. Yeah, like, so it's some food places I definitely want to hit up. Mm-hmm. Um, Oakland has, like, a wine trail that I've been hearing about that I've never been. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the McBride sisters are here, too. Yes. So, you know, yeah, there's that. But yeah. when you do this food tour, I'm available. Oh, no, no, you're coming. Okay. Just, I mean, I'm trying. You're the only person I know in Oakland. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> else? I'm so excited by that. Yeah. I mean, I understand, like, Oakland's like everywhere else gentrification, but some of those places, like, with people I know I, that I've read about, uh, like, seen on TV, I just want to meet. I want to go to their spot. Yeah. And there's, like, yeah. beautiful uh, Black Panthers history here. Yeah. Like, murals and stuff like that. that you can yeah, my see. aunt used to live in, years ago, Alameda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's really white, though. Yeah. Well, she lived there because that she worked at some hospital near there. Uh-huh. But she was a nurse that part, doing part of the old Black Panther stuff. I know that that would have been, I feel like I would have done well. We would have probably oh, yes. done well. We're the new revolutionaries in yes. different ways. And I always tell people that the change, the change is very different. So the revolutionary person looks different. It doesn't like, it's not about excluding, it's about bringing people in. Mm-hmm. And it just looks different because one, the industry has changed. So it's talk of, I think with tech and just like from food and beverage to hospitality, like, I look at these, like, it's a girl, her name is, oh, she has a seasoning, like, Dash Spices or something on the, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've been supporting Black women in the spice trade and women of color in the spice trade, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to represent them and buy their products, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's pricier, but guess what? I know who made it. I know what you can tell me where it come from. I know she's hand-labeling these bottles, so mm-hmm. it's the thing. So I think our revolution is changing. I think it just yeah. looks a, a very different way. Yeah, and a lot of it is, is obviously thanks to social media and how people have a free, you know, marketing platform yes. to get their messages out there. But what I do really admire about you is how you use your power and privilege for good. So you know you have access to circles, you have access to people, labels, wines, companies, what have you, and you're always looking for ways to uplift people and give them some type of access. And I think that's incredibly important. Well, that's why I did the chats, because I wanted to bring my winemaking travel experience of meeting the winemaker, people that work, to people that they would probably never have access to. Because if you go into California, if you go in here, you're tasting at a table with somebody that worked there. Mm -hmm. And now you get to ask any winemaker all the questions you want. Yeah, that's powerful. Similar to the scholarship, right? (laughs) Similar to how you're writing. But you, the, the thing that happens when you are at a certain level in your life and you have for sure arrived and you'll continue to keep, you know, going for, for just con- increasingly going upwards and, and what you are experiencing, what you're sharing, your knowledge, your access, your power and your privilege. So there are people like you, like me, who choose to say this is mine and use it for self-benefit. And you were like, yes, I have this access, but this is for all y'all, you know, which is really important. And going back to how we started how you are now an example of 
and you, you know, are someone that people can say like, oh, well, Julia, she drinks wine and she's unapologetically black and she's this and that. And, you know, she's doing this thing with Netflix and whatever, but she is her true authentic self, you know, throughout it. And that is the most powerful thing you can do with your platform. Like Beyonce. <laughs> after my next call i'm gonna have to put, go put it on my uh homecoming there you go yeah you're gonna yeah. have to do that yeah. and just yeah. and really and, and your bubbles and celebrate yeah. yourself oh yeah so let everyone know how they can uh find you you can find me on all social media at julia coney and you can find my writings and my work at juliaconey.com real uh-huh. simple all my stuff the same mm-hmm. yeah and just very accessible. Slide in her DMs. Oh, slide my DMs. Email me. <laughs> reach out to me. I give you my number. You can text me. WhatsApp. Google right. Voice. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Which is important. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm truly honored to have this conversation and be able to share it uh, with my listeners. And to you and the listeners, keep being amazing. Thanks for listening to the Change Today podcast. You can learn more at changekaday.com that's the word change and today like that c-a-d-e-t or follow change today or at change today podcast remember to like subscribe comment and share i'm a black business y'all and i appreciate it thanks for listening